Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News Team. We are your audio newspaper, and this is episode 90. We appreciate you being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield News, Sports, and Weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the restaurant of your choice, courtesy of Mansfield Overhead Door, with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we are covering this week. Awards, a AAA rating, and the bond election. We cover it all in a moment with the mayor. COVID-19 continues its increasing local spread. Home Brewers event coming to downtown soon. In sports, we have the winners and losers of last week's MISD football games and who plays this week. Coming up in the features section. Plate tectonics are how our planet works. I'm Katrina Brown. This week on your Texas Health Tip of the Week, we are talking about seeking out healthy opportunities during our workday. Because there is no elevator to success, you must take the stairs. Arr, it's time to get out and scrub the poop deck. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll talk about that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be sharing another classic cocktail. I know you can't wait. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve has a rags-to-riches interview with Mansfield residents Kirsten and Nick Lavalli. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Southwestern Adventist University is ranked number two in social mobility by U.S. News and World Report Regional Colleges West. That means SWAU is one of the best schools when it comes to helping people better themselves and improve their economic circumstances. U.S. News and World Report also rank SWAU 11th best regional college west. If you're interested in learning more about SWAU, visit their website, swau.edu. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 817- 913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday night. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. It is time for a moment with the mayor here on About Mansfield. Welcome, Michael Evans. Good morning, Steve. Let's take a look at what happened. Oh, Before we get to the City Council meeting on Monday, over the weekend, you and and uh, quite a few Mansfield citizens got together at the uh, the old cemetery here in Mansfield. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yes, Steve. Uh, this uh, past Saturday, of course, uh, you know, uh, was the uh, 20th anniversary uh, of the tragedy that took place on September the 11th. And it was a day for uh 
contemplation, a day, a day for uh, unity, where we as citizens, residents in the city of Mansfield came together at the old cemetery and we cleaned up the cemetery, if you would. And, and here's what's so important about that. That, that was a day of service, uh, as well as, uh, Patriots Day. There were about 226 of us from different faith groups, different ethnicities, and we wanted to show uh, this is what happens or what happens when folks come together. And uh, we filled about four or five of those big, large dumpsters full of a brush. And uh, it was really uh, one of those moments where we looked at each other because we all gathered uh, and at, at what used to be a dividing line for uh, the black cemetery and the white cemetery. There was actually a fence there uh, up until about five years ago. Uh, but when we came together on that day, uh, we talked about the history of the two cemeteries. And um, there were some moments for tears, to be honest with you, uh, because we know that as Americans, we do better together than we will ever do divided. Seems to be a common theme, but uh, again, City of Mansfield won some more awards. Awards, awards, awards. You know what? It says a lot about our staff, uh, our communications team. They won actually several awards uh, uh, the uh, past week. And, you know, I think that if people will go to our website, mansfieldtexas.gov, they will see a revitalized website. They will also uh, get the opportunity now to uh, click on a link for the historic downtown Mansfield a website. We, we talked about that. The drainage utility has a new rating? Yes, we have a triple A rating and we have been rated, of course, by uh, uh, the Fitz uh, ratings firm. And, and that's that's big time. That's a that good is thing. big time. Because what it says is that in regard to uh, dollars that we may need to borrow or something of that nature, uh, you know, our interest rate will be uh, lower. And of course, it will save uh, the city uh, money. And of course, uh, when we're talking about the saving the city money, that's saving me and you money that's because right. we're the taxpayers. And it says a lot about uh, the um, financial stability of the city of Mansfield as a whole, to be honest with you. And speaking of saving the residents money, which is, you know, you rarely see things go down in price. <laughs> and, right. and here you go, Republic Services. Yeah, representative from Republic Services. Uh, uh, they're the folks that handle the city of Mansfield's uh, commercial recycling, they announced that they are actually going to be decreasing. There's been a decrease in its uh, recycling rate by seven cents. Now I see somebody out there like kind of rolling their eyes. I can kind of feel it through the microphone. Yep. But, but just know, <laughs> but just know, come on, guys, you know, any decrease is a, is a great thing. So, uh, you know, we, it's, it's going to be good. So y'all just applaud that and uh, don't roll your eyes too hard. It's a decrease, folks. <laughs> That's right. What's going on with the bond election? Man, I tell you what, uh, that thing is, we're starting to get some real good buzz uh, regarding the uh, possibility of going out for a uh, a bond uh, in uh, May of 2022. So this is what's happened now. So we put together a a bond election steering committee that's going to be uh, chaired by uh, uh, Michael Maynard, uh, who is is also on the PNZ. But um, the, the, the bond election, 
election, the steering committee is going to start hearing about the proposed projects that we hope to put on the ballot. But here's what's important. Uh, uh, We're talking about we're talking about a new uh, police station. We're talking about uh, getting our roads fixed. But oh, also, uh, we are excited about what a multi-generational center is going to look like. Uh, uh, Something something along the lines of what you see in other cities, wink, wink, like the summit in Grand Prairie, you know, uh, but this is going to be Mansfield style. So it's going to be first class. Not saying that that one is not, but ours is going to be, uh, if you, if you would, uh, a grade A, it's going to be just something that's going to knock the ball out the park, but also the residents will get to vote on it. So they will be the ones that will give us a thumbs up. Or a thumbs down. You voted on the budget last night, and and you have some information on the tax rate. I do. You know, people will always be interested in the tax rate. I, you know, that's each and every one of us. So here it is. Read my lips. We did not raise taxes. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so our tax rate uh, uh, continues to be at uh, point uh, uh, six nine uh, cents, if you would. And so uh, no, the the tax rate did not go up. Hallelujah. Hear that. One more time, the tax rate did not go up. And we passed, of course, a balanced budget. So uh, we appreciate uh, uh, all that Troy Listina and his staff does in order to keep us fiscally responsible. So uh, it was a good deal last night. It's always good when you talk about decrease and then you're saying no new taxes. No new taxes. Yeah. We didn't, one of our uh, former presidents said, read my lips, no new taxes. Yeah, but he lost He lost the race that year, and I'm not trying to lose. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best ways for residents to get involved with their city is to serve on a board. Yes. And you talked about boards last night. On last night, we voted on term limits for those persons serving on our boards and committees. Now, uh, you're able to serve uh, up to three terms, and uh, then you would you would transition out. And it doesn't say that you can't serve on any other board. So it's not that kind of a deal. But 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 your seat, though, after a given period of time, about six years or so, uh, that seat will be vacated so that we can bring in uh, other other uh, ideas and, and, and insights and things of that nature from other folks. And then finally, uh, we're getting back to budget again. You, yeah. you have some good news about our budget. We passed the budget uh, the other night. But here's some here's some highlights. So what what are we doing with this with this money? Uh, we're adding more than a dozen new full time positions and three part time positions at the city. Uh, we're also adding uh, two brand new departments. One is a rental inspection. Inspection department. Now that's big. A rental inspection department. So uh, we're going to actually have uh, persons who will inspe- inspect uh, multi-family uh, uh, or apartments. Th- these folks are going to make sure that we're retaining uh, the 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 upkeep, uh, the the uh, um, the facade. I mean, you know, we haven't had that before. And we also now are going to have in Mansfield a health inspection 
Correction Department. Uh, over the years, we have uh, counted on the county coming in and uh, doing those inspections. Well, we're bringing it in-house now, and I believe that that is quite important. And, and something else, uh, we now will be able to purchase nearly $2 million in capital uh, equipment. Uh, we will be increasing the budget for our streets. Boy, that's something. That's you know, important I, stuff. I, I was in a traffic jam today in, <laughs> in Mansfield. It, it blows my mind. And we're increasing our part-time employees' pay from $12.50 or somewhere like that to we're graduating it up to about $16 plus an hour. So um, that's what uh, we uh, did on last night. And I tell you this, my friend, we've had... Um, We've had some great things taking place in our city, and we're expecting even brighter days ahead. Mayor Michael Evans, we appreciate your service to the city. Well, thank you, and thank the good people out there for allowing me to serve them. The COVID-19 epidemic continues its spread here in Mansfield with the numbers. Here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. The city of Mansfield saw a big increase in weekly new cases reported this past week at 268. This is a big increase from the previous week. Back in May, this number was below 50 each week. Three new fatalities here this past week, suggesting an increasing trend. 48% of Mansfield citizens over age 12 are fully vaccinated, according to the county reporting, a 2% increase over the week before. Mansfield Independent School District identified 394 active cases among students and staff. This is an increase from the previous week of 357. You can find their daily reporting by school on the MISD website. Tarrant County's overall trend suggests the same increasing spread. Countywide, 1,163 fellow citizens were were in one of the county's hospitals with the virus at the end of last week. This number has increased each of the last 14 weeks, growing from about 80 citizens early in June. 73 fellow Tarrant County citizens were reported to have passed away from the virus this past week, a decline from the previous week, but a lot of fatalities. The county's test positivity rate remains around 22%, indicating a lot of infected citizens have not been diagnosed. Community spread remains estimated as high. Texas statewide trends are similar. Tarrant County public health officials, our governor, our president, and all living former president recommend that all eligible citizens get vaccinated. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Mansfield residents love their events, especially when it involves live music and food and fun and frivolity and uh, beer. So there's an event coming up here in Mansfield. It's Saturday, October 16th. To fill you in on the details, the owner of Dirty Job Brewing Derek Hubenak is here on the phone with me. Derek, tell me about Downtown Throwdown. So Downtown Throwdown, um, we're trying to draw a lot of attention to our historic downtown, of course. Um, And we want to raise awareness that we are here and there's lots to do, lots to shop, eat, play, stay. Um, So to do this, we're putting on a beer and music festival, uh, October 16th, as you said, and uh, it's going to be just an all-day um, event. Um, I say all-day, one to nine. It's going to have a lot of local artists, um, including Sophie Drago, um, Josh Nix, the Brad Russell Band, Jordan Nix, and then culminating with another local favorite, Josh Weathers. Lots of beer sampling, food trucks, vendors. It's just going to be a great day in, in Mansfield. Let's talk about the beer part of it, because this is not just let's go drink beer. This is a competition, is it not? 
It is certainly. It's a uh, actually a is um, a beer judge certification program. The judging will take place on the f- the previous Saturday, o- October 9th, and then we'll have an awards ceremony for uh, all the winners at the event. While we actually have some people uh, giving samples of their beer. So you've got music, you've got beer uh, vendors. Will they be out there selling stuff? Absolutely. So we're going to have a vendor mall. Um, so immediately when you come in, you enter, you'll you'll see a huge vendor mall. You know, people are starting to sign up now. We've got bakeries, uh, salsa uh, from Casa Maya Fusion. We've got the Emerald Door Bakery. We've got you know different uh, artists, and it's just going to be a good day. We got home goods all kinds of vendors. Um, and they're all local people too, which is great. We're supporting local businesses that haven't even started up yet and don't have a brick and mortar, giving them a platform to uh, do small business in downtown. So if I'm a home brewer or if I'm a vendor that works here in Mansfield and interested in uh, uh, participating in the event, how can we get involved? You can either um, email Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at dirtyjobbrewing.com, or you can go to dirtyjobbrewing.com forward slash downtown hyphen throwdown. And uh, that'll take you. There's a whole registration link for home brewers. There's also contact information for vendors, for sponsors. We're still seeking sponsors. Um, right now, we, you know, we've gotten some sponsorships uh, um, tied down with um, Lost uh, Donkey Farms, um, Frost Bank, Mansfield Tattoo. Um, downtown Mansfield Incorporated. Um, we've got you know lots of great people that are going to be sponsoring, and we can't wait to have this event and get their names out there too. But we still need sponsors. We still need vendors. We still need um, homebrewer entries. So everybody get on and sign up so we can have just a great family-friendly day in Mansfield. Saturday, October 16th. 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the lot there on South Main Street. Derek, is there anything I missed? I don't think so, sir. We'll see you at the downtown throwdown. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Steve. In sports, Mansfield ISD football teams went two wins and three losses collectively last weekend as Lake Ridge was routed by Denton Geyer 37-6. Timberview topped Flower Mound 41-37. Mansfield Tigers beat Legacy 38-20, while Summit fell short to Westlake 59-21. This Friday, under the lights, Lake Ridge takes on Cedar Hill at Newsom Stadium starting at 7.30. Mansfield Tigers travel to Waco High School, 7.30 kickoff. Timberview plays at Ever with a 7 p.m. kickoff. The Legacy Broncos and Summit Jaguars have the week off. Just a reminder, you can always find the MISD football schedule for all five teams on our website, aboutmansfield.com, under the Links tab. Saturday is the 74th birthday of the United States Air Force. It was President Harry S. Truman who signed the National Security Act, establishing the Air Force as a separate branch of the military. So how can you observe the Air Force's birthday on Saturday? Recognize a military personnel that currently or have served in the Air Force. Perhaps give them a shout out on social media or even share your own experience as a part of the Air Force. My next door neighbor is an officer in the Air Force and an avid listener to this podcast. So, Artie, even though you are currently out of the country on official business, I thank you as well as your brothers and sisters in arms, including my younger sister, who also served eight years, for your service to this great country. Let's find out weather-wise if on Saturday we will be able to gaze into the wild blue yonder. Or if Mother Nature has other plans, Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days for Mansfield, Texas. 
After a couple of days with highs in the upper 80s, our temperatures are headed back into the lower 90s, with lows in the low to mid 70s. The humidity is creeping back up a little bit, and we'll have mostly light winds at about 5 to 10 miles per hour, so it's going to be a little sticky, but not too bad. Our rain chances stay fairly low until early next week, so I think we'll have excellent weather for gazing off into the wild blue yonder on Saturday. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District suggests that most Mansfield lawns will need about a half inch of water this week. Be sure to watch the weather each day for potential rain, and remember to turn off your sprinkler controller if you can. Incidentally, the Water District is hosting a comprehensive lawn care virtual class on Tuesday, September 21st at 6 p.m. You can find a link to the class on our website, aboutmansfield.com, under the Links tab. And, as always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. So when we come back in 60 seconds, science reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist Katrina Brown has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment. And Brian Certain serves up another cocktail of the week. Also, coming up later in the episode, the trivia question of the week, and we go from rags to riches in Steve's interview with Mansfield residents Kirsten and Nick Lavalli. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, I'm Casey Lewis, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Science reporter Dennis Webb has an earth-moving story about tectonic plates. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. Last week, I mentioned the geologic theory of plate tectonics when I was describing how we think petroleum was made on our planet. Here's a little more about that. Geology is a branch of science that started with the ancient Greeks, advanced quite a ways by Arab 
scholars during the European Dark Ages. In 1785, Scotsman James Hutton advanced a theory that the surface of the Earth was much older than previously conceived and published a paper about it based on the idea that the time needed to build up layers of rock and erode mountains by natural forces was very long, and this theory was called uniformitarianism. And uh, we now know that this process takes billions of years. One of the things that pushed the science of geology in Hutton's time was the mining industry. Understanding more about geology would lead to increased profits. Today's oil industry is a result of a long mutual partnership with academic geology to find useful, profitable facts. By the early 20th century, geologists were able to date early rocks using radioactive decay, confirming the oldest rocks were at least a billion years old, expanding the time scale on the origin of our planet. At the time, there was not a consensus about how rocks formed at the bottom of the ocean could end up on the top of a mountain millions of years later. Uh, geologists generally agreed that this was a fact, but how it got there is it was not understood. Being a science, geology named this unknown process orogeny and argued about how it might work for many years. In 1912, Alfred Wegener proposed a theory of continental drift, where the current configuration of continents on our planets plopped in the middle of the oceans. This arises from the breakup of a massive single continent called Pangaea. As part of the rationale, he noted that if you push the western hemisphere continents back up next to the eastern hemisphere, that's Europe and Africa, the coastlines curiously matched up. In later decades, analysis of geologic strata across the continents confirmed this part of the theory. As Science is inherently cautious about strange new ideas. Wegener's notion did not immediately catch on. In the 1940s, new surveys of the ocean floor found a mechanism for such continental drift arising from mid-oceanic ridges where new rocks emerge from deep below and push the continents around our planet, powered by convection in the molten mantle below. When we were able to finally measure the speed of big continents moving, it was found to be between one and six inches each year. Not much until you multiply it by millions of years. Research in the 1950s and 1960s confirmed that the land masses on our planet are a product of six or more major plates of layered rock floating on the molten lower mantle below. This powerful theory explains several mysteries, or things that were mysteries at that time. First, the Himalayan mountains, including Mount Everest, are the youngest on our planet and also the highest in elevation. They appear to be a product of the Indian plate vigorously, though still very slowly, smashing into the Eurasian plate, pushing the mountains up. Second, the Hawaiian Islands are now thought to be the product of a slow movement of the Pacific plate over a particular hot spot in the mantle, intermittently poking holes through the plate, creating volcanoes in the middle of the ocean, some of which rise above the surface to become islands. As each volcanic penetration happens over a long time, it is weathered down. The big island in Hawaii is the youngest one and still has active volcanoes. Third, the strange geology of California had baffled geologists until it was understood to be a collision of the Pacific Plate with the North American Plate. The San Andreas Fault, cause of many earthquakes there, is where the Pacific Plate is pushing down below the North American Plate. It also pushes up the mountains just inland of the coast. Volcanoes often appear at plate boundaries, like the giant recent volcanoes of the Pacific Northwest, like Mount St. Helens and Crater Lake, and the smaller center cones throughout the area. This is how science works. 
What we understand today is generally more accurate than what we understood in the past. Widely held beliefs can eventually be discarded with the discovery of new facts that require new theories and experiments. What we understand today is not likely to be the final word on any subject. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. This week, health specialist Katrina Brown talks about how to stay healthy in the workplace. We often get stuck in the planning phase of a healthier lifestyle. Finding the right gym membership, ordering the perfect athletic attire, shopping for that tasty organic substitute to replace what we really want to eat, when in reality there are a few things we can do right now to start moving towards a healthier lifestyle. Did you know that setting your alarm and waking up just five minutes earlier in the morning allows for a moment of peace and meditation before jumping into your busy day? We know meditation reduces stress, feelings of anxiety and depression, anger and confusion, but it also increases blood flow and slows the heart rate. It increases energy, reduces pain, and enhances the body's immune system. The best part is it provides a sense of calm, peace, and balance, and we could all use that before heading into work. But before you head out, be sure to eat a healthy breakfast. Smoothies are a quick and easy solution for some people on the go. Just be sure they contain a balanced amount of protein, healthy fats, and plenty of nutrients. Try your best to forego the smoothie mixtures that contain high amounts of sugar and empty carbs to avoid crashing mid-morning. When you get to work, opt for a parking spot a little further away instead of parking close to the building. This will burn a few calories on the way in. Once you get in the building, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Stair climbing can be accumulated across the course of the day, making a significant contribution to the recommended 30 minutes of daily physical activity. Even two flights of stairs climbed per day can lead to six pounds of weight loss over one year. There is a strong association between stair climbing and bone density. It helps you build and maintain healthy bones, muscles, and joints. And of course, stair climbing can help you achieve and maintain a healthy body weight. During the course of your day, be sure to stand and stretch often if you have a desk job. Many office workers are opting for an adjustable standing desktop. While there is not a big difference in the amount of calories you will burn standing versus sitting, there are other health benefits associated with the standing more than sitting, such as less back pain, increased blood flow, including to the brain, which helps you feel more focused, which leads to more productivity. Standing is also known to improve mood and increase energy level. When it comes to lunchtime at the office, the best bet is usually to pack your own healthy lunch to ward off the temptation of the local food establishment, where you may be tempted to go for the high-carb option in a futile effort to avoid the midday slump. But if you do decide to dine out, most restaurants these days have healthy options, so stay strong. A lot of companies these days offer a wellness or health program to their employees that usually include monetary incentives for making healthy choices. So be sure to ask your company's rep and see if you can't bank a little coin while making a big difference in your health. Be sure to wrap up your day at home with a healthy dinner and an evening walk. Walking in the evening and after your last meal of the day will ensure cooler temperatures, less risk of sunburn, promote effective digestion, and help you sleep better. Don't forget the bug spray, though. This is Texas, and the mosquitoes will carry you away. As you can see, there are a multitude of ways to improve your health even during your busy workday. So, until next time, stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield and reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Katrina Brown. In a world where people have thousands of questions about improving and repairing their homes, one man has the answers.
It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Our question today comes from Bob, who says, I'd like to make sure that I'm on the right maintenance schedule for my deck. How often should I have it cleaned, and how long does an average sealant last? Good questions and good timing, Bob. Although the intense heat of summer came later than usual this year, it came with a vengeance, and we got a lot of sunshine, which is the enemy of any product that protects wood. It's always a good idea to check deck boards for wear and warpage at the end of the summer season and replace bad ones before the cold and wet of winter makes it difficult to do and can cause the wood to suffer even more damage. Cleaning should happen at least once a year, but it never hurts to do a thorough washing at the beginning and the end of outdoor season. We've still got some nice temps coming in the weeks ahead, and it's actually prime time for sitting outside on a cool autumn evening. And the cleaning piece is something that the average homeowner can do themselves. You don't need a pressure washer to do it, and in fact, I recommend not using a pressure washer on your wood deck unless you've got some pretty severe soiling or staining on it. An effective cleaning can be done with the proper materials and a bit of elbow grease. I usually use a degreasing cleaner, and I recommend products like Simple Green, which are less hazardous to plant life and the environment in general. My formula is easy to remember. Three ounces of Simple Green, three ounces of household bleach to three gallons of water. That'll give you a mix that will handle most soils and stains, but you can increase the amount of detergent if you've got a very dirty deck. And just to give you an idea of how well it works... I've got a stack of pressure-treated lumber in the yard that I got used about five years ago. As I use the boards, I clean them before installing, and that formula is able to restore them to about brand new appearance with a minimal amount of scrubbing. Get hold of a tool appropriately named a deck brush, which attaches to a broom handle, and have at it. Dip the brush in the cleaning solution, apply it, and go like an Olympic curler, agitating the soil and forcing the cleaner deeper into the pores of the wood as you go. Let the solution rest for about five minutes. I recommend doing this when the sun is not directly on the deck, as the stuff will evaporate too quickly, and rinse with a garden hose while continuing to scrub. That gets the dirt and the soap off the surface and will make the deck ready to seal. There's a painless and easy test you can do to make sure whether your deck needs sealing or not, and the cleaning process will kind of give you an idea as well. I pour a little bit of water onto the surface. If the water remains on the surface, the deck is effectively sealed. If the water penetrates immediately, it's time to seal. And as far as sealing goes, the options are varied. If your deck was stained originally and the color is still holding up well, or if it was never stained and it still looks good, you can apply a clear sealer and be done with it. I do recommend solvent-based products for sealing, as they help hold moisture in the wood, and moisture is what helps keep the deck from cracking and splitting. All wood needs moisture to keep from dry rotting, but not so much that the wood begins to decompose, and that can happen even with pressure-treated lumber that's rated for ground contact. The sealant can be something as simple as a blend of boiled linseed oil and mineral spirits, which is about as old school as you can get, or there are obviously plenty of commercially prepared wood sealers out there that will get the job done. Just make sure that the product you choose is suitable for surfaces that will be walked on, as there are some that are really made for vertical surfaces and won't hold up to the abrasion caused by foot traffic. 
If your deck was stained previously and the color has seemed to fade a bit, or if it wasn't stained and is starting to gray out, then a coat of an oil-based deck stain is what you need. A semi-transparent stain will allow the grain of the wood to show through, and a solid color stain will obscure the grain as well as conceal minor damage or scuffing to the wood. I do, however, find that solid color stains don't hold up to foot traffic as well as semi-transparent because the rubbing of feet and shoes on the deck eats into the color that's floating on the surface and makes the finish wear prematurely. You can apply the stain with a sprayer, a roller, or a brush, but I find that if you use a sprayer or a roller, you still have to back brush the stain in order to ensure proper penetration into the wood and to keep color from puddling and concentrating in small areas. Yeah, it's tough work and hard on your back and knees, but brushing is still the best way to go. Bob, thanks for the question, and I hope you got some useful information today. And listeners, if you have a home improvement question or a project you'd like help with, that's what I'm here for. You can email me at askterry at aboutmansfield.com or visit my Facebook page at askterryampodcast or my Twitter at askterryampod. Until next time, reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist. Terry Radswin. Brian Certain is serving up a libation that sounds like it could be the grand prize to a NASCAR race, but it's not. Here's the cocktail of the week. Brian. This week's classic cocktail is the Pimm's Cup. Pimm's Cup is a classic cocktail full of history, nostalgia, and mysterious ingredients. It's in the artisan cocktail lover's dream, the sort of drink you sip at trendy bars staffed not by bartenders, but by mixologists. Pim's Cup is a concoction of mint, chopped fruit, lemonade, and Pim's, which is a British gin-based liqueur that is the foundation of the eponymous cocktail. Pim's is a deep red and flavored with unspecified herbal botanicals, spices, and caramelized orange. Yep, a secret recipe. But Pim's has made a comeback in the age of artisan cocktails. The story goes that Pim's Cup was invented in the New Orleans bar in the 1940s at the 221-year-old French Quarter joint, the Napoleon House. The owner, looking for a cocktail that was lower in alcohol so his patrons wouldn't be blotto by 7 p.m. You see, bar profit margins could depend on drinkers who pace themselves and keep drinking till the wee hours, and Pim's Cup fit that bill. It's 25% alcohol, usually served one part booze to three parts mixture, but here a New Orleans tradition was born. And this story does make sense because New Orleans is the county seat of cocktails, having given the world's first ever cocktail the Sazerac. But New Orleans is not the birthplace of Pimm's Cup. London is. Yes, New Orleans' legendary drink is a colonial inheritance from Britain. Pimm's was invented in the 1840s by James Pimm, proprietor of a London oyster bar. Alcohol was considered medicinal in the 19th century, so Pimm marketed his concoction as a health tonic like many of the other cocktails we've talked about. And it was a gigantic hit. So he began bottling his top-secret concoction and selling it. It spread throughout the British Empire to India, Canada, Australia, and the Caribbean. And no one's sure how it ended up in New Orleans, 
Did a PIMS loving ex British expat bring it? Did a World War II vet bring some home? No one really needs to know for sure, but what is certain is that it's so popular in New Orleans, they've claimed it as their own. But back to our story. There are variations on PIMS cup. It's like gumbo, where everyone has their own take on it. Mixologists add twists, some add a second alcohol to it, but the central ingredient is, of course, PIMS gin. There's the British version of a PIMS cup and an American version. Go figure. The key difference is the Brits add lemonade to it and New Orleans add Sprite. Some U.S. versions float chunks of fruit in it, which is a crime to PIMS cup purist. The more fruit you put in it, the sillier it becomes. And fruity drinks are for cruise ships and TGI Fridays. So what does a PIMS cup taste like? We don't want to answer this one because we want you to mix one up and see for yourself. But we also can't resist a moment to reveal in the gustorial joy that is a classic, perfectly mixed PIMS cup. It is pure summer in a glass. So here on the last week of summer, go and fix one of these ice-filled, sunshiny, light alcoholic cocktails that refreshes and relaxes. Lemon lovers, this is your drink. Pim's number one brings just enough bitter herbal flavors to balance out the thirst-quenching, sweet, tart flavors of a fizzy lemonade or Sprite, and that fresh, verdant basil pushes everything over the edge into a blaze of sheer summertime bliss. Hear that? Sheer summertime bliss. And here on the last week of summer, don't we need a little more bliss in your life? But don't worry about taking notes as far as the ingredients go and how to make it. As always, that recipe will be posted on bourbongospel.com. So what are you going to need? Well, Pim's Cup is a punch. So as a result, we're going to make this in a pitcher. So while the proportion seems a little bit out for one cocktail, and it is, realize you're making this as a punch. So you're going to take one and a half cups of Pim's number one gin. You're going to take a navel orange. You're going to cut it crosswise into thin slices. You're going to take a lemon. You're going to do the same thing. Cut it into thin slices. You're going to take three-fourths of a firmly packed cup of mint leaves with the tender stems. Personally, my favorite is where the most flavor comes from. You're going to take one and a half cups of cold ginger ale or lemon lime soda and Sprite. You're going to take one cucumber cut lengthwise into eight wedges and about three cups of ice. And then you're going to take an apple. You're going to quarter it. You're going to core it out. And then you're going to cut it into thin slices. So how do you make this beautiful pitcher of of sheer American British concoction? Well, in the large pitcher, you're going to combine the Pimm's cup, the orange and lemon slices, the mint, and you're going to chill it in your fridge for about 10 minutes. And then you'll stir in the ginger ale. Then you'll put in two cucumber wedges standing on end, one each and four one-pint glasses. Fill halfway with ice, pour the PIMS mixture, pushing the mint down into the drink, and divide the orange, lemon, and apple among the drinks. You're then going to top it and finish it with additional ginger ale or Sprite. And again, what a way to end the summer. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until our favorite American writer said, Mark Twain, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, 
I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Joe Jenkins, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who received a 50-year franchise from City Council in 1917 to establish the city's first electric plant? According to the book The History of Mansfield, it was Milton Farr who received the electrifying contract. Joe has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice, courtesy of Mansfield Overhead Door. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm kieran marcucci and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular trivia question of the week the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a 25 dollars gift card to the restaurant of your choice courtesy of mansfield overhead door offering residential and commercial garage door installation and repair, as well as box truck door services. Got a broken spring? Perhaps a cable off its track? Door opener not working? You can find them on the web at mansfieldoverheaddoor.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, as you know, next week's in-studio guest is Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu. This week's trivia question is... What year was Dr. Cantu hired by the Mansfield ISD? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, in what year was Dr. Cantu hired by the Mansfield Independent School District? Good luck, and thanks to Kevin and Tammy at Mansfield Overhead Door for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, a husband and wife team, they live here in Mansfield. They operate a business here in Mansfield, and we're going to get into that. And what struck me as uh, the reason I'm having them here today is we're going to talk about a transition that they went through personally and that collectively they've lost over 200 pounds. And we're going to get into that. Uh, we welcome Nick and Kirsten LaValle to About Mansfield. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank it's you glad so to be much here. for having us, Steve. First of all, we've we got to talk about uh, your roots. 
because not only am I a native Californian, you're native Californians as well. And if I recall, let's see, Kirsten, you're from Thousand Oaks. Yes. And you're f- Nick from Moore Park. Moore Park, California. Which is, uh, they're only, if I recall, I was on Google Maps earlier today. It's about 15 minutes apart from each other. That's yeah. exactly right. And um, Well, who knows? I mean, it could be 45 minutes nowadays with traffic. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you met? Uh, we, we actually met at Kmart. Do, y'all, do you still know what Kmart is? Is that even around? Uh, is there a Kmart here? Isn't there a Kmart here in Mansfield? I don't know. Walmart. That's Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. No Kmart. Yeah. But yeah, he was the under, undercover security, uh, and I was one of the checkers, moved to customer service. Um, so he would um, have to pull people in for stealing stuff and would need a witness. So guess who always got to be and the you witness? you were the witness. He picked me. Yeah. So that is how we met. Um, we became best friends. We were best friends for, gosh, what, three years? Finally started dating um, after about three years, and then were engaged for one, and then got married uh, in 2003. Married in California? Yep. All right. And, you know, I was going to mention one of the things that I love about uh, Thousand Oaks is that uh, because my wife and I, we used to do a lot of road trips. And from San Diego, you had to go through Los Angeles through and onto Highway 101. And whether it was um, uh, San Luis Obispo or going even further uh, up into San Francisco. But once you're in Thousand Oaks, you're out of Los Angeles. Yes. And it's like, yes, yes, okay. Now it's uh, Santa Barbara's coming up, Santa Maria's coming up, Pismo Beach, San Luis, and, and, and so on. But, yeah, it was, it was like, okay. It's a breath of fresh air once you, get out of, uh, once you get out of Los Angeles. It was, and further separated by the grade that would take you down into um, Camarillo. Yes. There was a big downgrade, a lot like when you're on 20. And you're coming out of Dallas, going into Grand Prairie. Yeah, it was a very similar, similar downgrade. What brought you to Texas? Well, so after we got married, we actually moved to Santa Clarita. So we did leave Thousand Oaks for a little bit. Um, that's where we started our family. Um, however, 2007, if you recall, um, the housing market crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick actually lost his job, um, and we were a young family just fighting to survive. Um, so we had a lot of friends that um, were moving out to Texas, and we just saw it as an opportunity to get a fresh start, you know, start over, um, and be able to uh, get a lot more home for the money. <laughs> um, and so we moved to Midlothian. That's where we started in Midlothian about 2008. We had now two babies at the time, um, and uh, we rented a house there, and then later moved to Waxahachie. We bought our, we actually bought our first home in Waxahachie. We were renting in Midlothian. And then um, recently, about, gosh, it's only been about four years, uh, we actually were able to buy our dream home here in Mansfield. Nice. Nice. And you came to Mansfield because of the schools, right? Well, not totally. We um, we actually used to date night here because there's, well, I mean, w- w- what was there to do in Midlothian, right? So uh, so we would date night here and we knew the layout of Mansfield. Um, 
we, if I can be honest, we were not in a great situation. Nick had lost his job. There was a moment in our life um, where we unfortunately had to go on food stamps. Hmm. Um, we had to, uh, I remember one of the most humbling days of my life was um, having to walk into a food pantry and ask for diapers. And um, so we have been at rock bottom. We know what it's like to struggle. Um, but, you know, our faith is huge. You know, we, um, you know, we serve a mighty God and he was able to see us through. Um, and we got into a situation where back then, uh, you know, they were trying to build up smaller communities and they were giving grants to families, first time buyers, which we were then considered because it had been a long time since we had, um, you know, purchased anything. Um, they were giving a $20,000, what they call it a HUD grant. Yeah. Um, and so we were blessed to be able to take advantage of that. But the, one of the only areas was Waxahachie. So we had, we were, you know, we had to choose walks. We, it wasn't our choice, but we thought this is our opportunity to get into a home. And, um, and so that's what we did. We actually got a new build, smaller home. Um, and at that point we had four kids, four of the five. So we okay. had five total. Uh-huh. It was a one and a half story home. And the grant was cool because it paid itself back $2,000 every, every, um, every year you were in the home. So you, you, oh, the longer so you it, kept it, the home, the more the grant paid itself back. So although it was a grant, if you sold too early, mm-hmm. then it would you would have to pay that balance off. Yeah, it's called a forgivable loan. Forgivable, yeah, basically. Yeah. But what they did was uh, Waxahachie had signed up for it, I guess, to attract more people. The cool part was is that at this point, we were stable, uh, pretty stable financially. I'd, I had linked up, became a mold contractor, and was helping to fire up a company that was based out of the Dallas area. And, um, and so we had stable finances. We had, um, and, and this grant was cool because you actually had to have good income to be able to get the grant, which is weird because you would think, you know, <laughs> someone with lower income right. would want the grant or need the grant, but it was actually to bring middle class and upper middle class to the area to start living in homes and allow expansion of neighborhoods. Uh, pretty smart. It worked. And I, at the time, was um, actually a mobile spa consultant. So, um, you know, being an esthetician in California, mm-hmm. but with the heart to be able to stay home with my kids, it, it wasn't, um, you know, rebuilding my business in a physical brick and mortar spa, you know, facility, um, wasn't going to allow me that flexibility to be with my kids and raise my kids. I was actually homeschooling at the time as well. Um, so I had started with a company called beauty control. Um, and I would go and I would do mobile spa parties for women and I would pamper them. And so, you know, I was able to do that on the weekends and evenings. Therefore I could stay home during the day while he was at work. Um, and I became very successful in that company. Um, I had actually, we, uh, we were able to go to Paris and Fiji. Oh, nice. I earned the title to a Mercedes Benz. Um, I mean, it was just a blessing. Um, and also that year, uh, we had an amazing miracle happen. Um, I actually, uh, part of my testimony is at 14 years old, um, I became pregnant and I ended up giving birth, uh, to, a little baby boy, um, whom I ended up placing up for adoption. 
I was able to choose his parents, um, and um, you know they were they were unable to have children of their own, um, and so I we agreed on an open adoption. So I was able to keep in touch with Matthew, is his name, mm-hmm. uh, throughout his life. But then, you know, we moved to Texas and there were several years where we, um, you know, just weren't able to connect as often as we would have liked. Um, And especially with that um, struggling financially for those, you know, several years when we first came out here, uh, it prevented us from being able to fly back to uh, to California to see him because that's where he still lived. Um, So... You know, when we were when we started, things started to turn around financially, and, and Nick got a good job, and I started doing the spas. Um, at that time, it, Matthew had turned 20, 20 years old, mm-hmm. and I asked him, you know, what do you want for your birthday? And he said, I would love for you guys to fly out to California and see me. Oh, nice! And I said, well, sure, we would love to. So um, Nick and I went out there, and it was the first time that I was able to see him uh, without being like you know supervision because right. he was legal. Um, of, of age, I should say. And we went, we took him to Santa Barbara on the pier and we had lunch with him and, and he was, you know, there were some things that he was struggling with and, um, it was actually Nick and he had, Nick hadn't even talked to me. It just kind of naturally came about, but he looked at him and he said, Matt, what do you think about coming out to Texas and kind of getting a fresh start? And there's some schools out there, you know, and I could help get you a job. Um, and his face just lit up and he said, wow, really? And he said, I would love that. Um, so it was a week before Christmas, 2014, um, that the Lord brought my baby back to me 20 years later wow. <laughs> I say that without crying. Wow. But, <laughs> <laughs> and so he lives in this area now. Yeah. So he lived with us. Um, gosh, what was it? Six years. Yeah, almost six years. Six years. Um, and then he finally spread his wings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we kicked kicked him out of the nest and said, okay, little bird, <laughs> time <laughs> to fly. And um, so he's actually at UTA right now. And he's finishing up his last semester at UTA. He's getting straight A's. He's um, just doing amazing. He has a job, you know, up in Dallas. And so, you know, he's still an active part of our life. Um, unfortunately, his adoptive mother did pass away uh, last year in October. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, part of our family and, um, that was just, it's just been amazing. What a great story. It's not even where we were headed. And, <laughs> no, and I know. that is, that is such a great story. Let's talk about Nick and Kirsten. Obviously there was a point in your lives where you felt it was time to lose some weight. You were on a path of gaining weight. Uh, collectively, you've lost 200 pounds. About 100 pounds each, is that right? Yep. And Kirsten, you're pretty thin right now. So what was your what was your weight when you finally said, you know what, enough is enough, it's time? The reason I got the job at Kmart is because my parents wanted me to socialize. They wanted me to get out and have friends. So that's why I got the job at Kmart, and that's when I met Nick. So at that time... Um, I I honestly can't tell you exactly how much I weighed at that point. It was well over 200 pounds. I I could say my heaviest, um, I was probably between a size 18 and 22. Mm. Um, The heaviest I do recall, um, probably after giving birth to our first child, um, was around probably 260 pounds. Nick, do you recall what uh, what your peak was? Well, I I had peaked out somewhere around 370 
something pounds. I remember the scale showing 377 at one point. 377. Then I, I wouldn't get back on it. <laughs> Add, was it here in Texas or, here, or in California when you finally said, you know what, enough's enough. We're on a path of health. That's an interesting story because Kirsten originally, when we were married and living in California, she actually saw an infomercial of all things that had a program that was designed by the guy that ran the nutrition for uh, total body makeover or total makeover extreme, extreme body weight makeover. loss or extreme makeover weight loss edition. Yeah, okay. Where they where they would make people over and if they lost the weight and kept it off for that little period of time, they would reward them with a plastic surgery, clothing, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, the nutrition guy for that had this program, and so she was desperate because we were both overweight. We were less overweight than we were before, but we were still overweight. And we had told each other, we'll lose the weight when we get married, like as we get married. Well, we actually had tried Weight Watchers before our wedding, and we did lose 50 pounds Mm -hmm. on Weight Watchers before our wedding, um, and then just quickly gained it back after the wedding, and then I got pregnant. So that didn't help. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, it's been a tough cycle. That, that program that she bought online, she said, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure, let's try it. It's got to be better than showing up to weekly meetings at a, at a, you know, a program. Yeah. Cause I remember being there one time and they were like, wow, someone enjoyed their Thanksgiving. And I was like, wow, that's quite offensive. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I thought to myself, well, that wasn't a very supportive statement, right? Yeah. In my head, emotionally, I responded to that by not wanting to go back. Oh yeah. And so, um, and so, but I mean, obviously I had goals. We were going to be getting married. And so, and I'd promised once we started gaining after we got married and she bought this program, I had lost like 70 pounds on it and she kept going and lost her whole hundred. Well, stress of life, housing market, all that stuff, every excuse I could think of, um, I had put the weight back on plus some, um, you know, so for me, I was watching myself spiral out of control, but I couldn't feel it or see it. I was very, very functionally, uh, overweight. So I, um, and that's saying it nicely. I was, I, I usually say, uh, you know, I was functionally fat. So yeah. I was the kind of guy that could go play basketball, baseball, run around, do stuff with the kids, drop down, do push ups, whatever, run upstairs. And even though I was overweight, I could handle it without an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not until you realize it's not those things that you're struggling with. It's your emotions. It's your, um, your short fuse, things like that. So you start to realize emotionally that you're not the person you need to be, should be for your children, for your wife, for me personally. And, um, and at, in the midst of struggling with those things, it was when, um, uh, Kirsten had sat me down. Now, mind you, she had, she had lost her weight and maybe gained maybe 20 pounds over a time. I think she thought it was 13 pounds, but she lost 20. Um, but it was a, um, you know, very, very slim, gradual weight. Could have been muscle getting put back on. It could have been a few things like that. But, um, but she wasn't, she wasn't overweight whatsoever uh, at this point where she sat me down and she said, Nick, something's got to change. Um, and, and for me, you know, it was 
how it came to that point. Um, you know, cause we had, when we got married, we had agreed that we wanted a better life for our kids, that we wanted to be able to teach them how to eat. So they didn't struggle like we had struggled for mm-hmm. so many years and most of our life actually. And so when I found this program, um, the infomercial on TV, um, I was at that point, I would have eaten dog food if I had to, to lose weight. That's how desperate I was. Um, it was very strict. It was pretty much, you know, you're eating six times a day, um, protein and vegetables. Right. And, um, it, it really helped develop the habits. You know, I learned how to eat six times a day. I learned, um, you know, how water was important. I learned that you didn't have to kill yourself in a gym that you just, you know, get yourself moving, you know, take the stairs instead of the elevator. You traded killing Park. yourself in the gym for killing yourself in the kitchen. You know, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You know? And so, but it required a lot of food prep. Yeah. But what was happening, you know, I ended up losing a hundred pounds in 11 months. We did it through nutrition. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do it through, um, uh, uh, specific whole foods or specific uh, stuff. Um, you know, what we found was something that, I mean, having five kids, um, working full time, her having a, 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 a full time work from home job, um, we were both very, very busy. We were also active in church and things like that. So, with for us, when when we found this, which we're doing, which is where I've lost my hundred pounds. Um, this was a godsend because when I finally spoke to that lady, she didn't have surgery. She was doing a nutrition plan and it wasn't an infomercial (laughs) and it wasn't a a weird thing, but it did have some really familiar premises, which was um, the frequency in which you ate, the portion in which you ate. Uh, There's a lot of logic and common sense to getting healthy. One is it really comes down to calorie expenditure versus calorie intake. Right. Right. We know that. However, what people don't always know, and we kind of touched on this earlier before we started recording, which is, you know, there's just things people learn that they learn because it's available to them. And then there's other things people have to go seek out, which they would have to learn outside of the normal mainstream things. Right. Um, and one of those things is you take a Krispy Kreme donut and an avocado. Right. You got these two things. Now, which one is more nutrient dense for your body? I would much rather have the avocado than a donut because I know that I'm fueling my body properly. A friend of mine told me just two, maybe two weeks ago, change your behavior and your mind will follow. And, and you're both shaking your head yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I go on Facebook and I I just throw out these, these goofy ideas. And the idea was change my mind. Go. That was the post. And this, yeah, this friend had said, change your behavior and your mind will follow. And you had pointed, uh, Nick, you had pointed over to Kirsten and, and you're shaking your head. So changing your dietary behavior is is the way you change your mind and, and, and well, I'll, getting I'll, on that path. It's it's amazing because, you know, that's what I was hitting on earlier when I said, that's why I wanted to back up. Because uh, one, I wanted to share that we don't have exactly the same testimony when it comes to why we gained the weight yeah. um, or even why we, we lost it. And I've still got to finish my journey. I'm not at my goal, but I, will, I am a, a thousand percent a different man today than I was three, four years ago when I really started my journey. 
And so out of all of this has led to developing a business here in Mansfield where you coach people on nutrition. Tell me about the business. Our old neighbor, she had posted on Facebook, she had lost 72 pounds in seven months. And we knew she wasn't doing any crazy boot camps. Yeah. We knew she was not food, pre- <laughs> food prepping. No, um, we, we used to see the, the food she would grab out of her trunk and bring in because she was exhausted. Her husband was exhausted. They did exactly how Kirsten grew up, mm-hmm. which was either takeout or canned and quick. Right. Frozen. Yep. Yeah. 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 So we reached out to her and said, okay, what, what are you doing? Share the secret. And she said, oh my gosh, you guys, it is this amazing program. It's called Optavia. And we, we, and we had never heard of Optavia. And we said, well, tell us about it. And she said, well, it's super easy. You know, you get the support of a health coach. You get to be part of this amazing community where everyone's doing this together. Um, there's a habits of health system that teaches you how to, you know, exchange your old habits for new ones, mm-hmm. like, you know, eating every two to three hours, small meals, incorporating wa- water, motion, sleep, you know, the these whole things were key for me because I didn't have guidance growing up. So I just, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so having these components, Plus the fourth one, which the fourth is the fourth one. Food. The fourth one is what was like the answer to prayer for me because she said in the fourth is we use a tool called Fuelings, F-U-E-L-I-N-G-S, Fuelings, mm-hmm. meant to fuel your body. And these Fuelings are small meals that are already nutritionally prepared with the proper amount of carbs, protein, sodium, um, you know, natural sweeteners from like stevia and monk fruit right. without the, all the preservatives and junk. Um, each of the feelings has 24 vitamins and a probiotic, and there's hundreds of options to choose from, such as cereals and oatmeals and bars and shakes and crunchers and hearty meals and brownies. Can I have an occasional bowl of ice cream? Of course. It's your choice. You have the freedom to choose. Good. We also have ice cream as one of our fuelings, by the way. So, Nick and Kirsten, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh, gosh. I would say, for me, it would have to be either Moose Tracks um, or Peanut Butter Cup. Nick. Okay. You're asking tough questions here, Steve. Um, (laughs) What got me to 377 pounds is that they're all my favorite. <laughs> if I had to narrow it down, um, I would say there's a um, there's a, a small place here in Mansfield that makes handcrafted ice cream, and it, I think it's called Helados. Oh, it's it's in Spanish, helados. Helados. Yeah, um, which, which means ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. So they do it right there in their shop, and they have the churners, the churns back there. Yep. Uh, I just made up churners, by the way. Um, they have the churns back there, <laughs> and they make their own, and they have one that is tequila flavored. And to be honest with you, although it tastes like it, it is not. And um, my goodness, that was one of my favorites to to enjoy on a, on a hot summer day. Yeah. Kirsten and Nick, uh, we've reached that point of the of the interview where we're actually we we really get to know the two of you on a personal level. It's called the lightning round. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a very simple um very simple game of this or that. Since there are two of you, we'll have you, Kirsten, start with the first. Nick, you'll do the second. And we'll ping pong back and forth until we get to the end. Uh, you ready? All it's right. On. Let's go. All right. Night or day? Night. 
Summer or winter? Winter. New York or San Francisco? New York. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Weights or cardio? Weights. Thor's hammer or Captain America's shield? Thor's hammer. Ice cream or Froyo? Ice cream. Would you rather have wealth or happiness? Happiness. Hot or cold? Hot. Oranges or apples? Oranges. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> you can't dip oranges in peanut butter. It's true, but you, man, you can you can taste an apple that's mealy and go. Ugh. True, but an orange is hard to ruin. <laughs> Tell the listeners how they can find out more information, how they can contact you for nutritional help, uh, losing weight. Where they where they can find Nick and Kirsten? Yeah, well, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, just by our names. Um, or actually, we have a website. It's transformingtogether.info. Transformingtogether.info. Spell your last name so that they can find you on Facebook and other social media. Yeah, so our pages are public, and our last name is spelt L-A-V-A-L-L-E-E. I always just tell people Lava, double L, double E. Look them up on social media. we got Kirsten. We've got Nick Lavalley, L-A-V-A-L-L-E-E. Appreciate you being on About Mansfield. Thank Thank you you so much, Steve. It's been an honor. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will have the latest news, sports, talk, information, weather, and we will do one-on-one with School District Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, Katrina Brown. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.